0: Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. Uh, I'm Eric Devonier and I'm here with Jeff. Welcome Jeff. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for being here. Uh, We're just wondering if maybe to start off, if you could give a little bit of your background, where you're from, um, you know, uh, just your childhood and and your educational background.
1: I uh, grew up in Southern California um, and two parent family I have two older brothers and a younger sister and but when I was about nine my parents decided to divorce and um, so I lived with my mom most of my childhood Uh, my brothers moved in with my dad and um, so I grew up mainly with my mom and my my sister my younger sister Um, generally in the same same area of Southern California um, yeah, so, um, my mom worked, um, most of her, most of my childhood, and, um, for, for hospitals, administration, and that kind of thing, so, um, went to school in high school in
0: Palm Springs area. You went on from there, and, and, um, so tell me a little bit about your uh, interaction with the church growing up.
1: I was raised Catholic um, most, most of my life. Um, but religion, religion was more important up till about the divorce. Mm. So I was about nine. And, um, and then there was a, a curtailing of religion in my life. Um, so most of my adolescence really wasn't um, there wasn't
0: a whole lot of church influence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you had that, um, you know, that Catholic upbringing, uh, how did you encounter the church then? Uh, you know, in, in your adolescence, you, you joined the church when you were 18, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, there's kind of a two part. Mm. Uh, One is a little humorous. I, I hope it was humorous. Um, so when I was about 14 or 15, my neighbor, really just a very temporary neighbor. He was about my age. And um, I remember we were kind of just goofing around and, and he he introduced, He goes, hey, I wanna share something with you. So he brought out some of this literature yeah. and talked to me about the Joseph Smith story. And um, I, I laughed at him. I thought, uh, that sounds like the most ridiculous far-fetched <laughs> story that I have ever heard. Yeah. And I, I I feel bad about it because the Lord had other plans for me later. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and then when I was 18, just a few years later, uh, another neighbor, um, we became, he was visiting his dad who lived next door to us. And, and uh, he was a year older than me and preparing to leave on a mission. And um, I was really, really interested in his lifestyle and what he had to offer and how different that was for mine, and yeah. um, just a great guy. And um, he, yeah, he he kind of lived the church by example, and that really intrigued me. Yeah. So, I asked questions and um, and kind of explored some of his beliefs. And
0: so, so what happened when you realized that the that the young man that you. Um, you know, looked up to, right? And you, you liked his example. What happened when you realized it was the same religion as the one that you thought was funny at 14?
1: I, I thought it was just funny. I, yeah, just, I, I was just like, irony. Yeah, <laughs> the, the irony. Right. It's like, here. oh wow, I can't believe I'm interested in, in this <laughs> same religion that I, I mocked before. But, right. um, but uh, a little bit maturity, and a little yeah. bit of depth, right. um, a little bit more experiences as much as I could have at 18, you know.
0: So what what was it, so from that Catholic background, um, what was it about, you know, you've got this young man living his religion, but what was it about the religion that drew you to it?
1: Well, so let me back up just a little bit. When I say we were Catholic up to about nine years old, I went to parochial school and um, was um, really involved in religion. And the way I look at it now is, like, I was involved in the religion of my mother. Hmm. Um, but that really, I think, set the standard for faith and practice of religion, the commitment required for religion. Um, I went to Mass a couple times a, a week um, and uh, really, really enjoyed, remember enjoying that early childhood experience, that religious upbringing. And... and um, Reading the story, biblical stories, and and um, you know, and by the way, when I was when I was a teenager, I continued to do my own research on different religions and world religions, and um, really tried to read and absorb as much as I could. So I've always kind of been fascinated by religion, and when I was 18, that that just kind of continued with this friend. Um, So. I think probably at 18, I was at a place in my life that I was ready for more truth, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And that, that more truth, is, is that kind of what drew you in uh, to the restored gospel? Is that that feeling that there was more truth there?
1: Right, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: And how did your parents respond to that?
1: Um, my mother was uh, very excited because um, she felt I needed structure in my life anyway, yeah. so oh, you found God, you found religion. That's really great for you. Yeah. My dad's a little bit more skeptical, um, but he he came around in short order. In fact, my dad came to my baptism. Um, wow. Yeah. To support me. Oh, that's great. And I remember after the baptism, be, tell me about this Melchizedek thing, you know, and that gave me opportunity to share. Yeah. Some of the church with him.
0: Wow, and and tell us a little bit um, in, in detail about your your conversion. Like, what what was it like gaining a testimony of the truthfulness of the gospel?
1: Oh, that's a big question. Yeah, yeah
0: it is. Yeah, I
1: I don't I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but I don't think my conversion was um, instantaneous. Right. I look back now, and I'm thinking, wow, there were a lot of even at fourteen, hearing hearing about the church for the first time, um, but um several several a series of circumstances occurred in my life that I think prepared me, um, one for needing God in my life, and two for being willing and accepting a church in my life. and I, And I really see them separately, um, in a way. So there was a f- my first conversion to Jesus Christ, and my second conversion was to the Church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, so, so my conversion to Jesus Christ came after, came almost instantaneously, um, or it felt that way. Uh, I I was in a pretty desperate situation in my life, and turned to the Bible, looked looked to the Word of God, and. Yeah. And um, some passages in Romans just jumped out at me about being a child of God and um, being heirs with Christ. And I, I, I literally felt like God was reaching down um, with His love and plucking me out of my circumstances. Nothing really changed yeah. after that, yeah. but everything changed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, it was a short time later, after kind of making my own little personal covenant with God, you know, um, I'll, I'll do anything um, for you. Um, and, and then being introduced to the church, which I don't think was coincidental. Yeah. Um, and so so, so how did you
0: gain your testimony of the church itself as an institution?
1: Um, it answered all those questions I had that I was spending so much time in my youth searching for. And the answers were there.
0: What's an example of one of the questions that you had in your youth?
1: Um, well, the New and Everlasting Covenant and um, that idea of celestial glory and of, um, of eternal life, an eternal life with God, Yeah. Um, just answered... Uh, so much. I, I just got so excited about this idea that we can be with our families, our internal increase, um, and that we weren't, we weren't just relegated to angelic status. Yeah, yeah. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it, ma- it makes total sense. Yeah, that, that, that kind of, the, kind of the, the scope, right, of the, of the gospel and, and, and the narrative, the, the whole story of the plan of salvation and how things kind of fit in right, and, and um, gives us a sense of, uh, of who we are and where we're headed, right, and where we can be. Um, so one of the questions that I have often is, is so after, you know, you, you have these moments where you, you have this testimony, this conversion to Jesus Christ and, and to the restored gospel and, and, and Christ's church, and then how do you sustain that? You know, that, that happens at 18, and oftentimes we have challenges, we have complexities, difficulties that we deal with. How have you sustained that testimony for, for the years that followed?
1: <clears throat> I, um, and maybe I don't understand the question entirely. Um, for me, it was that personal covenant I made with God at the time that He reached into my life. And pretty much I'll be a leaf in your stream you know I'll, I'll go wherever you want me to go yeah kind of idea and um, I think that conversion was so thorough that that has that has sustained me yeah um, it doesn't mean I don't question things and question church or church culture or doctrine I don't but, but ultimately, it's that relationship I have with God yeah. that sustains me. Yeah.
0: And, and so that, I mean, it's just, so over, um, you know, those years, that has been the thing. So because it's been so thorough, all of these smaller questions or concerns or doubts have all just sort of paled in comparison to, to that moment that you've had and that relationship you have with God.
1: Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, my conversion was born... In ambiguity, and it was born mm. out of a desperation for answers, and so questions and answers—they yeah. just strengthen my faith, right? Because because God was there for me yeah. in that experience.
0: Yeah, that's it. so so for you, in some ways, it sounds like um, it was since it was born in that. I mean, that that's kind of where it started, right? And so the, the rest of it has been sort of this narrowing the distance between yourself and Christ, exactly. Right. Yeah. that relationship. Oh. So, I've got a question um, for you. Now, you have um, five children. Mm-hmm. How have you, uh, as a dad, tried to instill some of the faith that you have in your kids?
1: Um, that's a great question. Um, I, think, I think mostly um, sharing the love that I have for the Savior with them. That it's real. He's there he loves them, he cares about them. All other things are are byproducts of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And life can be confusing and it can be hard, but but that's real, that can be real for them. Um, So yeah, go ahead and ask questions. Um, You know, as far as, you know, hey kids, ask questions. Um, Let's talk about this, Um, let's discuss this. Um, I have to, I have to give my wife a lot of credit for um, doing those everyday things that strengthen their faith. Um, she grew up in the church and I don't I didn't have that, that experience. yeah So I've learned to defer um, to her uh, the wisdom, her wisdom mm-hmm. in doing those things and I have found that that has strengthened me as well.
0: Yeah. So what's so, an example of an every everyday thing? you
1: know studying your scriptures, looking yeah. toward the scriptures routinely, um, saying prayers routinely, you know, going to the Lord routinely. Um, she's much better at that than mm-hmm. I am but and and so I think that, that has helped, yeah, paying your tithing, you know, just doing those things i kind of trusting the Lord as you do these things that he will um yeah you will be benefited in your life from this. Yeah.
0: Well, and it seems like there's a, a need for balance, I think, um, in the lives of disciples. Hey, Chris, do we need to cut that?
1: Yeah, if you just... If you do, keep rolling, Sean.
0: Okay, should I just take it up from there?
1: Yeah, just, just, just pick up the question again. Yeah. It's, it, 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 right um,
0: it seems like it seems like there's a need for balance often with, you know, the routine things that we do every day, you know, like a prayer and scripture study, and then also never losing sight of the purpose as to why we do those things, that we don't just pray every day because we know it's something that we should do. It's because we want to connect with God in some way. And so it sounds like, you know, there's a there's a good balance between you and your, and your spouse about, you um, you know, doing those routine, routine things, understanding why they're there, and then your perspective and, and your um, relationship with God that you can, you can give to your children and emphasize with your kids that, hey, this is the most important thing. That, that, you know, and the reason we do all of these things every day is to have that relationship and to make sure that it's in the proper order.
1: I agree. Um, I think, uh, in fact, I was just thinking about this the other day. You know, where they really want my kids to know and understand is how much God really loves them, how real He is, how present He can be in their lives. Um, and, and then there's that kind of secondary, hey, if you're devoted about this yeah. and you practice these things, think how much cooler that relationship can be with Him. Yeah. Because He's there for you, but approach Him. Um, and you can do that through your scripture study, or do that through prayer, or do that through serving others, or, yeah. And that provides a context yeah. to, to living the gospel. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. really useful context, I think. Yeah. And um, I, I, I know this about you, that you are uh, a therapist by, by right. profession and by training. And, and so how has the, the a psycho, gospel- A psychotherapist. Psychotherapist, right. Yeah. right um, how has your, uh, your testimony informed Uh, your work as a therapist?
1: Um, I think think what I provide people is psychotherapy but really a lot of the people that I interact with who come for services are really feeling hopeless and um, really want hope in their lives and um, I think my own experience about finding answers and Looking for or, or finding and identifying the love of God in my life has given me hope, mm-hmm. and that I think carries with it um, carries that hope I can carry with me as i 'm interacting with people who are seeming in hopeless situations yeah and that's that 's been really helpful
0: yeah you know we had talked it before when you talked about your your conversion um, I think specifically to the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you were talking about, you know, sort of the, the beauty of, of the plan of salvation and, and the beauty of where we end up living with God and, and with, uh, with our families. And do you feel like that helps just sort of knowing um, that that is ultimately what our design is meant to be, that those situations that people find themselves in, that there is this place... Um, you know, th- there is a hope for them ultimately through what they go through.
1: I, I, think, I think you're right um, that that hope for some eternal glory or eternal purpose is great. But, you know, I also think living the gospel of Jesus Christ on a day-to-day basis provides hope for us, um, even in our current situation.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't... I don't know exactly what eternity is going to look like for me. I have to just trust that God will have something in store. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I'm I'm okay with leaving that. I'm okay with leaving that with God. Yeah. Um, but but I think every day I benefit from the gospel. And heck, I just we just want to get through this mortality and right. and and. I can't imagine doing that without the gospel of Christ.
0: Right. I, I want to ask um, one final question. Um, and just, you know, thinking about your testimony and thinking about your, your profession, um, I know that there are, um, you know, me- members of the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who suffer from, you know, depression, anxiety, all, all, all types of mental illness as they try to live the gospel. Um, what would you say uh, to, to members of the church As they are, you know, trying to do what the Lord expects of them, trying to be good members of the church, but still have a lot of these mental health struggles? What would you say to them?
1: Um, There's a lot of ambiguity in life. There's a lot of, and and we struggle with those ambiguities, but I find that the greatest suffering comes from um, the ambivalence that we experience in those ambiguity. And I find that Resolving that ambivalence, um, being—I don't know if this makes any sense—but being certain in uncertainty can really help us get through those experiences. So the gospel for me of Jesus Christ allows me to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't—I don't understand everything, nor do I claim that I'm going to understand everything, but I—but I do understand how God can help me mm-hmm. through through those um, difficult situations.
0: And that, that's what you mean by certain in uncertainty is that I'm certain in my relationship with God even though my circumstances are uncertain.
1: I can take the knowledge that God has given me yeah. and use that certainty in very uncertain circumstances. I don't want to try to change that. I mean, it's going, life is going to be ambiguous um, no matter what I think about it, right? right? But I know that I can take that knowledge that God has given me and apply it to those situations. It doesn't always turn out like I want it to, right. but um, I've just learned not to question that. I, you know, that's that maybe that's God's will, I don't know, but, yeah. but it helps.
0: Right. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. We appreciate Welcome. it. Yeah,
1: thanks.